Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I, I, yeah, Honestly, once the NHL backed out, the Premier yeah, League was like, Premier yeah. League was like wow, this... <laughs> <laughs> this much superior goal sport has decided to pull out of this network. So, <laughs> hello, everybody. I am back. I am Drew Johnson here on episode 62 of season two of the Brews and Bruins podcast, a the hockey podcast network podcast presented by Bruins Die Hard, sponsored by DraftKings. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every single night, and it is simple to do. Draft your lineup and field the sweat like never sweat. <laughs> I don't know. I'm lagging. Oh no! <clears throat> Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over seven billion dollars to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Uh, I hope all the listeners are happy I'm back at this point after having to hear me for, what, like two minutes straight now. Um, I'm Drew Johnson. I'm here with Chris Gear and Cam Hasbrook. Back again. I'm excited to be the here. The gang is back together. Um, what are you guys drinking? Prepared or something. Yeah, some kind of routine. <laughs> well, let's get to you. I'm doing something a little different today. Uh, rather than a beer, uh, I have... Made a made a beverage. I uh, I have some cucumber infused gin that I infused myself. A glass of ice and some tonic water, and here we go. Yeah, that's uh, that's drinkable. I mean, I'd be worried about pounding those all day. But hell yeah, pretty uh, pretty refreshing. Like a good gin and tonic, especially one with some flavor to it. Um, and you can taste it. That's like a week or two of uh, infusion of cucumber, and uh, you can taste the cucumber. So um, drinkability uh, eighteen, taste thirty. All right, very nice. Oh, very yeah. nice. What you got, Cam? 
Uh, I picked up a Sam Adams Summer Variety Pack uh, on the way home today, and uh, I gotta say, I think one of the better uh, variety packs as far as like bigger name brand beers go. I know we've talked about Sam being one of the better ones as far as uh, like general mass breweries go, but uh, I think their Summer Pack in particular is really good. Uh, this is a Beach Session IPA, crisp and tropical. It says, uh, Bright and lively, this beer boasts a crisp tropical aroma from mosaic hops and a clean finish. We recommend drinking it cold and at sea level. Uh, of course, here in Portland, we are just about at sea level, although I'm kind of up the hill here, so cheating a little bit, but let's give it a go. Uh, definitely has a good IPA flavor to it. Um, definitely the haziest of the variety pack. Uh, it does have the crisp crispness to it, though. I mean... Uh, I'm, I'm not somebody who would probably be drinking a lot of IPAs at the beach, say, but uh, if I'm going to, this is the direction I want to go. It's on the lighter side, uh, but still has that kind of deep IPA flavor. Yeah, the nice little tropical hint to it. Uh, not overly citrusy, uh, but not terribly hoppy either. Drinkability, um, probably about a 15, close to the middle, maybe on the lower side a little bit. Uh, taste, I'd say about a 20. You can definitely taste it, um, but... Nothing, nothing to write home about in terms of like harsh flavor, but uh, I would say reliable for what you're uh, for what you're looking for. Nice, Cam. Did you get a haircut? I did. Um, it's been a it's been an interesting summer for me as far as haircuts go. Not to make this a haircut podcast, but I tried to go a few weeks ago, and I had like longer hair. Not not quite where Drew's at, but I was getting there, um, and. I tried to get like just to trim up and get it off my ears and stuff. And I had like a whole interaction with uh, the woman cutting my hair and, and she like repeated to me, like just trim, blah, blah, blah. I totally had it down. And then she just cut all my hair off anyway. <laughs> nice. Um, that was awesome. I still tipped her though, which felt weird, but I was like, I'm not going to not, you know what I mean? I feel like I had to do it to be polite. Yeah. Um, but then anyway, I, I got it cleaned up this week. So that was the, Tipping so culture is stupid. Always tip everybody, regardless of how yeah. It, it shouldn't unless, be like unless someone like actively. Yeah. If someone if someone actively fucks you over, like yeah. maybe, but also consider whose fault it really is. Like, if you get a bad meal at a restaurant and you're tipping your yeah uh, server less <laughs> yeah, because of that, that like stop being unless a they dick. spit in it. Yeah, that was just probably Drew <laughs> fucked up your chicken in the back or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've been Drew, bread and chicken. I've been making pizza. Drew, what are you drinking that uh, took you longer to open than I've ever seen anyone struggle me, with a It took me Chris's entire drinking uh, intro and then the beginning of Cam's to finally get this open. I finally got it with a guitar pick. Guitar picks are great. They're a handy <laughs> I saw tool. You, I saw you trying to use your teeth, maybe a bottle opener. If I had a uh, like like a Swiss Army knife, but it was a Drew Army knife, the guitar pick would definitely <laughs> be on it. Um, nice. So I got a, a Green Fountains IPA from Ten Ben's Beer. Uh, they're out of Vermont. I'm trying Hyde's Park, Vermont, Vermont, Vermont. <laughs> um, Notoriously, the hardest to open cans Mark. on the market. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> Um, that's how you know it's fresh uh, zero drinkability because you can't open the can (laughs) (laughs) it's got cascade and mosaic and uh, strata hops strata strata it's pretty strata classic combo Um, so yeah it's a nice uh, 7.2% 
tasteability you can definitely taste it it is pretty damn hoppy but it isn't really the most aggressively hoppy uh ipa i've had um which i was expecting it to be with all of the hops on the front literally <laughs> the entire cover is hops basically and then um drinkability yeah you gotta take into consider the can so like just the liquid of the beer i would give it maybe like a 21 but the can considered that experience i'm gonna have to give it like a six i almost gave up and went with the omission damn wow but Let's get see. get the beer it's good i'm sure you won't have this i'm sure that's just, that was just a drew issue and not like a manufacturing <laughs> issue <laughs> it's um, a good thing that wasn't the one uh that you, you had out on the boat or else you would have had some issues yeah there. yeah, yeah. Oh, guitar uh, so. picks out while you're water skiing, but you know, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to that one. <laughs> um, so I think we got a lot to talk about here. Um weirdly a lot to talk about. I, I think we should start I... off with on the news side of things before getting to the Bruins uh kind of what ifs. Um so let's start with Duncan Keith being traded. Um after I think it was what 16 seasons with the Blackhawks. Uh after winning three Stanley Cups, he's now a part of the Edmonton Oilers, so he will have just won three Stanley Cups by the end of his career. <laughs> um, uh, what do you guys think about that? I forget. It was it was Jones and then what draft pick? A third round? Third. Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on the trade? So I saw Ryan Lambert tweeted probably my favorite thing on, on the subject, which was if you drew up like a – 200 like if you're trying to drop a parody of a 200 hockey men trade uh this would be dismissed because it would be too unrealistic um yeah it's just like no salary retained is the big thing for me um thinking that duncan keith is worth a third round pick on his own is pretty wild um i don't really know a whole lot about caleb jones as a prospect but i do know that uh if chicago's trying to lure seth jones uh to to their uh defensive squad maybe this is the move and i mean replacing duncan keith with seth jones is basically uh you know square peg to square hole so um yeah i don't know it's uh if you're the oilers and you want somebody who has rings in the room or whatever the fuck the hockey men say like sure that's your guy you get a totally useless piece who can tell you what it's like to get to win a playoff round <laughs> um but yeah other than that uh pretty dumb to put that much money on your uh, on your cap when Connor mcdavid has taken way less than he's worth in order to you know facilitate the adding of good players and uh instead they gave it all to zach cashin and uh duncan keith yeah uh this is certainly not a I would hope not for Connor McDavid's sake, but like a LeBron James scenario where he has like a bunch of say in the front office. Cause I can't imagine uh, that's the type of thing that he's hoping for when he's taking a pay cut. Get um, me that Duncan Keith guy. Yeah. I mean, look, no disrespect to Duncan Keith. He's had an incredible career. Um, Drew mentioned he's going to now retire with three Stanley cups. I would argue they might take <laughs> one away from going to Edmonton. I think he might actually just get out with two now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, you have the winning mentality in the locker room or whatever. Um, I feel like that's like a nice little 
added thing when you have like a team that's actually ready to compete and a player who can still help you get there and has something like that. Um, but I don't know, maybe he'll surprise us and <laughs> be worth it. But uh, I don't know. It just seems like with the direction that Edmonton has been in really for the past decade and uh, trying to climb, climb out of this hole a little bit. Uh, it's just not really a very forward thinking move. Is what I'll oh, say. Defensive thinking move. Yeah, well, that's not even that that's, really. <laughs> yeah, that's arguable. So I, you know, I, I don't want to slam the guy too hard because again, he's had an incredible career. But like, you know, it's everybody's time's up eventually. And yeah, he's he's uh, a hall of famer. Like that's yeah. I don't think we yeah. need to discuss. But that's we're just talking not about the what current version right of, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, yeah, it's a Duncan Keith seventeen point Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I did see one argument for this move, um, and that was—I wouldn't say it's a compelling argument, but it's something that made me at least think about it for a second. Is if so, Chicago's been playing Duncan Keith as though he is still the old Duncan Keith, mm-hmm. um, playing like twenty-five minutes a night or whatever, and uh, maybe that has something to do with his deterioration in play. And so, if you put him on a third pairing and play him for like 16, 18 minutes, maybe he has a little more in the tank and can provide mm-hmm. a little bit more for you. Um, my counter argument to that is uh, if you look at the Oilers defensive depth, uh, he's going to need to play like 20, 25 minutes a night because uh, <laughs> they got nobody on that left side. Yeah. Well, all the best to him. Hope it works out. Um, he's yeah, had a I great mean, career and I I'm, think he has had a great career. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fan of the Oilers. So, I mean, I hope it works out, but I mean, one, it, this is one of those guys where like the eye test matches up with the underlying numbers and it's all bad. Mm. Um, dude just, it looks like he doesn't belong out there anymore. So I don't know. I hope it helps. Uh, probably won't. I think we're getting some freeze cams, um, mm-hmm. pun intended. Um, <laughs> I think uh, let's just uh, forget about Cam. Um, <laughs> we'll bring someone else into the call. <laughs> Too bad he's running the call. Um, let's see. Uh, we got Pierre. Our, our good, ooh, just dropped the uh, bottle opener. Yeah, our good pal, Pierre. Our good pals, if we... We talk about him. We don't talk to him at all. <laughs> um, is now... Uh, executive vice president of the Ottawa Senators, which I think is like think executive VP of player development. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I knew it wasn't like actually the vice president it was Larry, right? Uh, that's a good clarification. But like, I feel like I, I find it funny that they have like an executive vice president of that position. Yeah. Like you it's just have... to add a little bit. I, I feel like they did that just for him. Well, there's the executive president, there's the president, there's the executive vice president, there's the vice president. I don't know how the that hierarchy works, but uh, then you have the senior undersecretary president, uh, senior undersecretary vice president. Yeah, it's uh, it's all very official in, in Ottawa. Oh, there goes Cam. Oh, still recording, though. That's good. Oh, that's good. Uh, but only um, he'll be able to access. So. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, a lot of people are bashing this move um whatever it's the senators like why not take a chance on that like you got a couple of years to figure out if this guy's all talk literally um unintended uh or if he actually knows what he's doing um 
Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he knows players and where they come from and has like an encyclopedic knowledge of, um, hey, Cam seems like he's back. Um, <laughs> has an encyclopedic knowledge of everybody's like uh, elite prospects page. So yeah, um, who who knows if if that actually translates to into you know positive value for the team, but also how much could it possibly hurt at this point? I think he's going to work his way up the ranks and become like vice president or like, you know, just get into the ear of the GM and be able yeah. to get Adam Fox and, and fucking uh, I feel like he, and... if he, if he talks to Eugene Melnick enough, like he can probably be the owner of the team after a few years. I mean, they're probably good friends. Yeah. So that actually kind of fits in. Probably. With... He's good yeah. friends with everybody. He's good yeah. friends with everyone. Well, well, he makes it seem that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, I, everybody has, uh, you know, that the person in their friend group, um, or at least in my experience in in my past friend groups and stuff, that kind of like strange person who always like jumps in with like something really weird and wacky to say. And um, like I have one That's friend Drew. in my, yeah, you know, it's, it's the Drew God, and not to compare you to Pierre McGuire, Drew, but uh, like my college. No, buddies, it's fine. That, that, in, in that sense, it's a compliment. I'll, I'll take it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I have a buddy named Stromboli and he's known for jumping in with, uh, with like weird facts that like no one should ever possibly know. It's kind of like a Pierre Maguire thing. And uh, you know, it's maybe not a role that's meant for television. Uh, I'd I know a lot of people, not the biggest fan of Pierre uh, inside the glass or whatever. Um, I, I'm not sure if I'd give a, a microphone to Stromboli and give him a TV broadcast, but uh, <laughs> you know, if it's somebody just to have around in the meeting room and maybe you can jump in with some, some interesting tidbits, maybe it'll be entertaining. So uh, I think that's the, the primary thought process was behind, you know, adding a little jump into the room there. Cause I'm not sure he has, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to like shit on him. He's had a long career in hockey or whatever and, and all that. And I think we're all taking our broadcast Pierre Maguire biases with us. Um, maybe he has some stuff to add, but again, it's like the senators, how much, how much can you have to lose? And I just don't know if he's going to help that much, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I think it's really good for him with like, you know, NBC Sports now not on the hockey market or really on any market. Aren't they disbanding the whole fucking thing? Um, well, no, they they're still doing stuff. They they just don't have hockey anymore. They'll, they'll be running uh, car auctions from yeah. uh, noon till midnight and you'll still get to tune in and see people but, uh, buy cars. I think they're breaking up like the NBC Sports like calling it that it's going to be something completely different. Like they're revamping it. NBC card broadcasting network. Yeah. I don't actually know what they're doing with it, but I saw Catherine Tappen saying like, she's not going to be doing hockey anymore, obviously, but she's sticking with the network and she's going to be in a new role. Horse racing, horse Um, racing, car auction. I'm guessing she'll, I'm guessing she'll be on any uh, NFL broadcasts on. on Oh, that too. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, that's they, right. Yeah, they do Sunday Night Football. Liam yeah. McHugh probably going to be doing stuff with them as yeah. well because they, they did transition him into football a little bit this past year. So, yeah, do they? They but, still have the Premier League, I think, too, right? Yeah, they yeah. have. I, maybe it's changing, but not that I'm aware of. I, I'm I, yeah, Honestly, once the NHL backed out, the Premier yeah, League, was, like, Premier League yeah. was like, wow, <laughs> this this much superior goal sport has decided to pull out of this network. So. <laughs> Because that's um, obviously how the Premier League views the NHL. No, for sure. But uh, yeah, good for him though. Like great, great career move for him. I hope it works out for him. 
Um, <laughs> this uh, is going to be know. our take on everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, career move, hope it works out. Yeah. Had a great career and it <laughs> had had a great career. Um, had a career. <laughs> who who's had a great career? Um, I'd say it's Vladimir Tarasenko. No, not really. But there uh, are some things. He still there. has. <laughs> no, he has had like a good one. We'll not say, we'll recent. Very, we'll say very recently. good. Yeah, very good. Recently, not from the so ages much. of twenty three to twenty seven, he was a monster. Yeah, and uh, dropped off a little bit, uh, mostly due to missing time. But there's a lot of uh, speculation out there on Bruins Twitter and media that uh, maybe the Bruins shouldn't go after Tarasenko. I'm not so sure. Just kind of looking at the numbers. Um, especially when you're considering other off-season things the Bruins need to do. But what do you guys think? Yeah, uh, go ahead, Cam. I'm kind of on the fence here. I mean, um, he's a phenomenal player to watch when he's healthy. Uh, one of the most fun players to watch and really dynamic talent. But I think three, three shoulder surgeries at this point. Um, it's been limited the past two seasons at least, I know. Um Look, it's. I mean, there, there's definitely a team that's going to gamble on it, and there's a very good chance, I think, that or a, a solid chance at least that it's a good gamble, um, especially you know considering the reasons that I, from what I've read, that he's upset that um, St. Louis, he thinks mishandled kind of his health situation over the past couple seasons, uh, particularly the last season. So, I, who I think knows? That's putting it lightly. He accused them of fucking up his surgeries. So, yeah. so he had to go to an independent surgeon for his third surgery to correct it. Yeah. Wow. So maybe that is a an issue that's more on St. Louis. Um, who really knows? I mean, uh, beyond the people who are inside that situation, it's hard for us to kind of speculate on. Um, but maybe he is. I mean, look, he's he's not twenty three to twenty seven Tarasenko like uh, Chris had mentioned, but he is going into his age thirty season. I believe he's not terribly yeah. old. Um, not young, young per se, but a guy who still has uh, a couple years, I would say, of, of potentially top-level production. Um, it's a gamble that I, I think a lot of teams are going to think really hard about, especially considering how public he's been about wanting to get out of St. Louis. I think they're not going to have much leverage. Um, mm-hmm. I believe he has a modified no-trade clause, a 10-team yeah. list. Um, it's a gamble. I'm not sure it's one of the Bruins should make because they have a lot – they do have a lot of money to play with, but uh, obviously some big name free agents and guys like Krejci and Rask. And then also, again, you have to be forward thinking here and look into next season with some even more big names uh, at home here with guys like Charlie McAvoy, but also abroad with especially these Boston guys like Eichel and Goudreau, who everybody's going to talk about. Um, and you got Taylor Hall. Of whether either of them are in the cards for the Bruins, there's a lot of stuff up in the air right now. And uh, given where the Bruins are, I'm not sure they're going to be the ones that are going to want to pull the trigger on a gamble like that. But I wouldn't call it impossible either because they are one of the teams that has the money to play with. So there's a world in which this happens and makes sense and can work. Um, and it's like a 3% chance or something like that. Where I think a lot get, of things have to go right. You yeah. got to get... Krejci, Hall, potentially Mike Riley, Tuka Rask, all to take light discounts. You have to get the Blues to eat money. Um, and I mean, that's that's a lot of things that have to go right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I would love to see Tarasenko in, in a Bruins uniform, not for hockey reasons. I, I love this guy. He's been one of my favorite players, non-Bruins for a long time. Um, yeah, this shoulder surgeries are obviously a big red flag. The biggest red flag is that what is like seven and a half million cap hit. Um, yeah, it's 7.5. And yeah, if you don't get them to eat any of that, and um, part of me worries that maybe this shitty Duncan Keith deal like kind of sets the market where it's like, oh, you have, uh, did you just see what Duncan Keith went for? Like that dude's over the hill and he's still got a third round pick and a prospect and no money eaten. Um, and you know, there's probably a team that's out there willing to take that gamble. And it's the, the Bruins are not the team that needs to make a gamble like that. It's definitely going to be a team that needs like a, a Taylor Hall type, a team that needs a middle of the road star um, to kind of put them over the edge. And Bruins already have that guy, but while, while we're, I mean, they don't already have him, but they, they have interest um, and they, they did trade for him last year. And um, while we can all salivate over what a David Krejci line with Taylor Hall and Vladimir Tarasenko would look like uh, it's, it's tough to look at what he did this past year and be like, all right, cool. We're getting the same old guy. Like his, his underlying numbers look bad. And, you know, he went long periods of time without scoring. He did have a couple of vintage Vladimir Tarasenko goals, especially on the power play. Um, That would, that would be interesting to see what you do with him and um, Taylor Hall on the power play, maybe put them both on the second unit. Um, But Overall, yeah. probably not a thing that's going to happen. And uh, unless you're willing to say, Jeremy Swayman is our goaltender um, this year. Sorry, Tuka. We just can't afford to pay you. Here's our guy, uh, Tarasenko. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think out of the three big names that the Bruins need to resign, you could only get two of them in Tarasenko. I don't think the Blues are going to really – Want to take any money, and if they do, then it's going to be a bigger price to pay for the Bruins, even if Tarasenko isn't interested in staying there. Um, I don't think he goes too cheaply. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it would be great to see Taylor Hall, Tarasenko, and Krejci, but you're only going to have two of those guys, um, unless, like you said, they're going to walk away from Rask, which I don't really see them doing unless it was – I really don't see them walking away from him. I could see them not signing him for a bit and then doing so when he's healthy. Yeah, having um, like a handshake agreement to to sign later yeah. is is possible. Um, exactly, but yeah, I, I so I don't see it as likely, and I am hesitant because of that cap hit. Um, and also, I suppose from the uh, Bruins standpoint or business standpoint for both teams, it's like the highest year in his salary like for the contract it's like 9.5 where he was like really low on the rest but i don't think that matters as much to no but uh, it's like a little bit of incentive for sailors to be like you know what all right we're getting rid of him but you're paying two mil extra than we did last year (laughs) yeah it's but i don't think jeremy jacobs is gonna like balk at that and be like hey sorry i can't afford this extra couple million uh well he's like no no that needs to go into the stadium that's the thing they need to add more seats they need to add two <laughs> million dollars smaller. worth of seats into the yeah. arena this offseason. We can't be taking Terrace Lanko for that money. <laughs> the first ever rink with below ice seats. 
Ooh, it's gonna be like uh, <laughs> that would be insane. It's gonna be like that aquarium in Jurassic World yeah. where you get to see the the megalodon eat the great white. Uh, sorry, I was at Universal Studios the other day and uh, got stuck on a ride, so got shit on my brain. Um, I've seen some uh, Lucic discussion out there, yeah. and uh, as I had tweeted, it's uh, a Lucic Coil Richie line would be like a. Uh, we need toughness fans. Wet dream. Um, Drew, I, f- I feel like you were like three days, four days behind on that conversation. I saw you tweet about that today. Well, yeah, I was on vacation, so I don't know anything that's happened. Is anything so, important happened, so, by the way, with the look, Bruins? Nothing that- really, but let's let's fill you in on like where the discourse is, because the the idea is not like let's trade for Milan Lucic to play him on the third line. No, it's like the idea is if he gets bought out by Calgary, could he fit on the fourth line for at like a minimum deal? And that idea, totally fine with it. I think he would be an upgrade on the fourth line. Um, Not necessarily where, you know, if, if you want your fourth line to be going toward like speed and, you know, playing some of the younger guys, but like that's the opposite direction. But, you know, I think he's a solid defensive player. He's not going to score a ton, but he can push the offense a little bit and he's not, not inept in any way. Um, but also he's 33 years old and he's not getting any younger. So, you know, maybe you can't bank on him being the same player he was last year. I don't think the idea is to, to bring this guy in and, and, pay him a bunch of money to be your third line left winger. I think he'd be a fine addition to the fourth line. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I would like that too. That'd be great. Um, Cause he can fill that fourth line role really well. He's not going to be that first line guy anymore. Hasn't been for quite a while. Um, but I think filling in in that role and that really is where the Bruins need help because Corrali Wagner really didn't work out getting Lazar was a bonus to that line I think he fits in well there still but then I think I really I know Corrali is going to walk in free agency I don't really want to see Wagner starting the year on the fourth line I think like something has to go wrong if he's to do that because I, I don't think that's going to help the Bruins at all so they need to bring in something they need to bring I would in love something for Chris Lucic. Wagner not to be playing the right wing on the fourth line to start the year but yeah, He's I just think two and a half million dollars for some reason. So they also signed Anton Bleed to an extension, and I think this is Anton Bleed's like last last ditch attempt to getting on that fourth line or locking down minutes. It was a two year or a two way deal for basically what he's been making. I, I think that's just yeah. like he's he's that you know fill in on the fourth line if they need it kind of guy. I don't think that's necessarily indicative of this is your guy to start the season on the oh, fourth line. No, no, I don't think it's the start either, but I think it is really is kind of last shot where the Bruins are at right now where it's they don't know. Even if they bring someone in, you're not going to know if it's necessarily going to work out. And if it doesn't, then I think you, if you're a guy like Bleed, it is your chance to work your yeah. way into the lineup in some, you know, hockey story where somebody sucks because of luck and then you luck out and do good and then you get the position. <laughs> I agree with that to an extent, but also I think that's unrealistic that he will be like the guy on the fourth line. No, he, he will. He Mark so. my words. In in uh, <laughs> February, the Bruins are going to turn to Anton Bleed. They're going to call him down from the top floor where he's been watching all these fucking games. 
and he's gonna come and he's gonna do something magical. Uh, Cam, your thoughts on uh, what are we on Anton Bleed? We really needed some Anton, bleed. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's just this is the Anton Bleed show. And don't let this bleed into the Luchich, Luchich, yeah. Nice. Um, no, nah, I mean, I, I don't think I have too much to add here. I think, like Chris said, uh, if it's one of those situations where it's like, hey, we have this much cutout to spend on the fourth line, and Milan Lucic is someone you can plug in there, sure, I'm all for it. He's a fan favorite. Uh, I think. There is some um, credence to that the Bruins need to get a little more physical in some aspects. I, I think that's a situation where a guy like him could help, but um, I don't think it's like, you know, a primary need for the Bruins. I, I think, you know, obviously. They still again, got Kevin you, Miller. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if if you're going to spend that money anyway and he's an option that you can spend it on, I'm all for it, but I'm not willing to, you know, spend extra just to get him because he's Milan Lucic because that that doesn't help you out too much. But um, I think, yeah, you plug him in the fourth line to be an upgrade and would make a lot of big, bad Bruins fans happy. So there's that. 1.07 million. I'd say 1.7, but I feel like that's a little too much. So you got to keep the one and seven there. So 1.07 for <laughs> Lucic. Well, so- so here's the thing. Uh, didn't really mention this, but like in the event that he gets bought out, he still gets paid. Like he's being paid by the f- one. I don't think he's going to get bought out because I do think he's still a useful player. I don't know. The, there's a lot going on in, in Calgary. I think Jess would be a good person to talk to about that because um, that seems like a it's a team that's like constantly somewhere in the middle of their division and last year just kind of floundered and i don't know if it was bad luck or whatnot but it's because that canadian division was stacked (laughs) yeah so so stacked um but i don't know if you're looking at what's wrong with the team like yeah maybe spending a little too much money on on a fourth liner like milan lucic is is something and a, a little too much money is is disingenuous it's a lot too much money to be spending on a fourth liner but um I don't think he as a player is the problem with, with that team. And I don't think buying him out and then replacing him with someone worse is necessarily going to have to fix your team, especially if you still have to pay uh, those cap penalties for buying out contracts. Um, but what we've seen in the past from players who do get bought out is generally they're more willing to take a, a bad contract for them, a, a, team-friendly contract in order to play somewhere that they want to play where they have a chance to win a cup. And so I would not be shocked to see Milan Lucic top priority sign in Boston for a million or less. Yeah. I don't Um, think there's any doubting that he would, he would love to come back. I think like if he does get bought out, his first phone call is, is going to be I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't know of a former Bruins player that bleeds black and gold more than yeah. <laughs> Elon Lucci does. And, and I don't want to like, like, I feel like we'd probably get him on the podcast to chug a couple beers. Yeah, no, I, but yeah, <laughs> might be in the cards here, but um, I was going to, I was going to see if Jess could hook us up, but I think she's blocked on Twitter by him. Cause she said something bad about him. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know her. We only know Jell's bells. So mm. it's all right. Jell's bells. Um, do we have anything else before we fritch, switch it? Fritch, switch Fritchy. over to Friday content. I don't know. I think this is like a pretty good. I think that was a good like deep on the 
hot topics in Bruins hockey and NHL hockey, and we kept it short too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we got to sing out of that one because it was oh, such a good yeah. episode. We got to sing out of it. That, that's how we judge if it's a good episode or not. We sing out. <laughs> we got to sing out. Yeah. What are we singing? Um, hmm. Kumbaya. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>